How's everybody doing? We have episode eight of How Do You Like a Coffee with Connor and Kai. I am Kai. This is Connor. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't have to sound so sad, but anyway, it's a sad time in the excited, world. Excited, excited, excited to be here. <laughs> feeling, uh, feeling loose. Feeling light. Feeling like we're, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Am I right? Who said that? Amen. That's the gospel. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't think you've ever read the gospel. So, what we have for you guys, uh, standard format, no interview today. Um, That's why I'm sad. Yeah. No Con- interview. No interview. It's just going to be Connor and Kai talking to you live. And recorded. Um, it'll be a good time, though, as always. Very excited. So today we have putting a pin in it for you guys, as always. And we want to start it off for you guys with a little something different. It's not really that different, I guess. It's kind of different. Yeah. What do we got for them? We have... I forget the name again. <laughs> we call it the Lemon Henny Tea. Lemon he- Lemon Henny Tea. That's right. Well, it's the name is pretty self-explanatory, especially with the Hennessy bottle spinning right in front of us. But what we have here is lemon tea with some Hennessy. That's right. With a little bit of honey and agave sweetener uh-huh, in there to uh-huh. make it taste just absolutely amazing. It's something. It's definitely, yeah. yeah. But uh, so let's go ahead and put a pin in it and let's give it a shot. Huh? First time trying it. Amen to that. Oh, that was super loud. Yeah. Sorry oh, about that. Blast. Sorry about that on Spotify. It's nice though. It's real sweet. Got that agave in there. Gives it like a light, light touch. A Seriously, bit. I don't taste any alcohol. You yeah, could, you could serve this to kids at the playground and they wouldn't <laughs> well, know what they're drinking. Well, for the sake of Law and Order, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so but if you're uh, looking out, if you're trying to make a quick buck out there, <laughs> I'm not saying do it, but I'm not not saying do it. <laughs> okay, well, don't do that. Uh, Anyways. Anyway, yeah, no, it's pretty good. The the Hennessy, you can't really taste it, but the agave, you can taste. The lemon tea, you can taste. And the honey, um, it's unfortunate because this cup's actually kind of sticky. Uh, but, yeah, it's all good all good fun. Why Give it a shot. Sticky? And, again, that's Hennessy lemon, lemon tea, and a little bit of agave syrup. Yeah, you probably don't need the honey in there if you're going to use agave. This is really, really sweet. Yeah, we, but it's, we just doubled it up. still good, though. Yeah, yeah just sh- a little bit of, like, I tripped and fell in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but uh, nonetheless, awesome stuff, guys. So let's get started with the album reviews. And uh, what albums do we have to review? Actually, we're doing singles today. Got Ooh. two singles in an album. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. Let's start it off with the first one. We got uh, – we'll do the album first. All right. So we got Deep Lips by Deep Lips. Yeah. But Deep Lips is actually uh, the combination of two bands, um, those two bands being Deep Valley and The Flaming Lips, and they came together to create the one and only – Deep Lips. I did not know that. Well, now you know. Hey, yep. So it's two bands put together. I've actually seen the Flaming Lips live once a couple years ago at a small bar in Santa Cruz called the Crate Place. Crate Place. Yeah. That, they they do crepes. They actually do. Yeah. Oh, nice. It's a restaurant in the back. Really cool. Small venue. It was really interesting. And what kind of music is this? Um, psychedelic rock. Psychedelic rock. Mm-hmm. So you're eating crepes, listening to some psychedelic rock. Early in the morning, eight a.m. No. Got your coffee. In nope, didn't go at eight in the morning. <laughs> okay. But we went at night. It was really fun. We actually ended up smoking a joint with the band after, which was a lot of fun and kind of a weird experience. Nice. Yeah, the guy, was, they're old. The Flaming Lips people are kind of old, but they're fun. Cool. Anyways, let's get to the album review. Yeah. Um, so these two bands came together to put something out um, just recently, about a week ago. Um, they're keeping themselves very busy during quarantine. Um, pretty fun little album to listen to, you know. And it's, it's cool to listen to because you know it's two different bands coming to gra- together to create one nice. piece of art. Do you do you know how many people are in each band? I'm trying to think of how many people that would take. I think Deep Valley is just a three-piece band. It may even be two. 
Um, but I know the Flaming Lips is like a six-piece band. Oh, so that's like nine people coming together and that's yeah, you making know, some magic happen. Nine minds is better than eight. Oh, you're not wrong. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> no, the, the it's, it's actually a really cool album. Um, it's it's excuse me, psychedelic rock during quarantine. Um, I was looking at this uh, album review on NPR about this, and they you know they uh, called it quarantine rock. Okay. I don't really know what that means. Yeah, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> it doesn't, I don't I think mean, it means I, anything. Maybe it's like depressing rock and roll. But it's not really depressing. And the first the first um, song is called Home Through Hell, which is actually kind of fu- it's kind of cool and funny at the same time because the song talks about how everything is changing around them, but they have this one simple thing that keeps it um, that keeps them solid, keeps them grounded and in this song it talks about their Yamaha motorcycle, I believe. Nice. And um and it kind of plays on the fact that, you know, everyone's going through all these different changes and everyone's stuck at home. Okay. Um, and it just keeps, you know, keeps everyone grounded, you know, being at home, surrounding yourself with familiar things while everything else around you outside of your home is changing. Okay. And they kind of play off that for that first nice. track. Do you have a favorite song on the album? Like, is there one um, that really hits home for you? Makes the you one that really hits home, honestly, was probably Home Through Hell. Okay. But I liked it a lot. There was one song in there that was just noise for like two minutes that one i didn't really like yeah that's yeah it was yeah. weird it was okay. experimental but it was something it was something how'd you yeah. like it yeah, it was okay i mean I, I really only listened to like one song i actually focused on the other two singles that we're gonna listen to by willie nelson and bob dylan very yep. excited for him mm-hmm. um but yeah i didn't listen to too much of the deep lips unfortunately i forgot in my you know daily schedule i forgot to write it down he forgot to listen to that and he forgot to charge the camera yeah so we're we're running on thin ice today um but (laughs) let's make it quick (laughs) yeah but luckily luckily you know we have three strikes in life right and so those are the first two for the day (laughs) and then every day they start over so we're fine it's okay there's only not even by the week you start by the day you really (laughs) um so so to get into the bob dylan single uh is bob dylan is actually really funny because i was at work played some music on the computer i was the only one in the lab so don't worry it was just me and uh listen to bob dylan and one of the other uh co-workers that worked in the facility walked into the room they're like is this your music and i was like yeah it's bob dylan this is the first time i ever listened to bob dylan really yeah first oh, time i ever wow. listened to bob dylan she's like oh no i know it's bob dylan i'm just really impressed you listened to him I played it off. How know, old like, is this person that's asking you or that's astounded that like you Like 26, 27. Okay, so they're like your age. Yeah. And they were like, man, I can't believe you listen to Bob Dylan. And I was like, me neither. <laughs> because I've never listened to Bob Dylan before in my life. But the song is actually pretty cool. What's the song called again? Uh, False Prophet. False Prophet, that's right. It was actually really the, – the story behind it was actually pretty cool. Um Cause you, I mean, it's Bob Dylan is pretty slow rock and it's, it has kind of like a blues jazz vibe, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like a, a rock and roll yep. type of feel, which is kind of cool. I actually really enjoyed it. I definitely see myself listening to some other, some of his other songs in the future. Dude, I know for a fact you've heard Bob Dylan before. He's so famous. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I have, but like a Rolling Stone. I yeah, mean, but on. we don't, we don't know. I don't know names here, right? That's right. Um, so I probably have listened to Bob Dylan, but uh, overall a great song, False Prophet. Really talks about kind of like I I don't really remember what it talks about. What wow. does it talk about? <laughs> I'm not gonna answer. For I'm losing it. <laughs> um, but no, the main reason we listen to the single is because he has a new album coming out um, in the next week, um, June 9th. No, not June 19th. June 20th is when he's coming out with this album. Very so cool. next. Or when you're listening to this on three, Friday. Yeah, three days. So three days from when you're hearing this now. Yes, um, it was a 
Yeah, it's very easy going Bob Dylan music. I really liked it. It's, uh, like I said, a little bit of blues, a little bit of jazz, but also some rock and roll type vibes. Um, the message, it was uh, kind of gave me like a like an outlaw type of. No, that's exa- you're exactly yeah, right. Like an outlaw type of message to it and uh, type of feel. And kind of like the story he talks about is about kind of like. Being an outlaw. Being an outlaw. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Though. So Check everyone watch out for that new album. Um, it's called Rough and Rowdy Ways by Bob Dylan coming out June 20th. Yeah. Um, and the next single we have for you is Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, classic. Willie You'll, Nelson. Please don't whisper into the <laughs> microphone. Um, Willie Nelson is called. Uh, I'm the only hell my mama ever raised. That's right. It is actually. is. Yeah, is uh, I've listened to Willie Nelson in the past. It sounds like a lot of Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson's weird to me because why is that? He's weird to me because honestly, I think his voice is just average. Oh, I don't think it's like crazy. It's not like a Rihanna, well, and it's yeah. not like a. It's not like a low. It's just kind of like a country voice, and he just sings, and it sounds good this is together. A good, yeah, this is a good thing he sings country if he yeah. has a country voice. <laughs> yeah, but it was good though. It was a. Uh, yeah, the, it's, it sounds like classic Willie. Um, you know, I grew, I don't want to say I grew up on Willie Nelson, but I grew up listening to a lot of Willie Nelson. My grandma listened to him a lot. Every road trip we took, Willie Nelson was on. Willie Nelson. Wilson came on like at least 30 times. Yeah. My so, sister can, uh, uh, you know, approve that message as well. Hell yeah. Willie so Nelson's my, my take on the song was kind of he talks about, you know, just kind of like the rebellious type of stuff that he did and then it talks about like when he gets to heaven he talks about how like when he gets there it's pretty much they're just gonna like send him back was my understanding but maybe that's the wrong message but no i think you got it right yeah Yeah, that that sounds right to me it's pretty good though but again we're listening to this single because he has a new album coming out on july 3rd so for all of you people who will be celebrating fourth of july in your backyard barbecuing drinking cold beer put on this album because first off and foremost country just fits the 4th of July vibe. America. I don't listen to country that much. But yeah. when I do, it's on 4th of July when I'm drinking a Bud Light. Yeah. That's I feel like Willie Nelson like started music. He's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but he's pretty freaking old, man. Um, and he still performs, which is yeah. crazy. He's like, he's he has a lot in of his energy. 70s. Yeah, has a lot of energy. He doesn't look 70. I think he looks 70. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, apparently, is, my album review today is, is not very accurate. But... Um, Your yeah, eyesight's no. bad. Yeah, it was pre- <laughs> eyesight is bad. Yeah, hey, it's because he smokes a bunch of weed. I think that's why he's just, he's just gonna live forever. I don't think there's ever gonna be an article <laughs> that says Willie Nelson dead at the age of 258 or yeah, something. Something cool, he'll be That'd around be longer cool. than me, and he'll still be writing music at that time. I'm sure. Uh, he's gonna die with a guitar in his hand. Uh, I have no doubt. That'd be cool, and then uh, a joint in the other. Yeah, but that's good times Willie. though. Willie Nelson, people. But uh, yeah, those are your album reviews. Check out those albums; they'll be coming out soon for you guys. And um, then check out Deep Lips out now. Yeah, out on now on Spotify. Um, oh, we got a we have a dog in the frame. Yep, no yeah. interview for you guys. Just a, sorry, a Mila, no guest. interview. Um, what did she think about the albums? Yeah, she cried. She cried. Yeah. What'd well, you do I mean, she a cries a lot. She whines a little bit. She did. We yeah. actually had to restart this recording because she kept whining in the first yeah, one. So that but, was really annoying. Yeah. You know, she just, she loves attention and uh, that's pretty much all you can give her. She got a haircut recently. Yeah. For everywhere. Sure. My, yeah. I'm still vacuuming it up. I vacuum every day and this apartment never gets clean because her. 
I actually got a haircut recently on Wednesday. Oh, a week ago. Oh my, my god, I just noticed that. How wow. dare you? It just feels good to be sexy. <laughs> it really does. Hide your mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we have for the music news today, Connor? Oh, keep it coming. M G apostrophe P H. Clef. Um, what we have for you is unfortunate news. In case you guys haven't heard, there's something going around called the coronavirus that's really fucked up the music industry and put my job at Jeopardy, which is really unfortunate. But every music festival you've probably ever heard of it postponed to October, um, including um, the festival I work for, they postponed to October. Bad news coming to you live. Coachella and Stagecoach have officially canceled their 2020 festival and are pushing it back to the original April weekend in 2021. Um, what does this it's mean? A long time, yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Will they have the same lineup? Probably not. Um, you know, this lineup was actually going to be a huge deal because Rage Against the Machine um, was going to perform. This is their first time performing in a very long time. They came back together to do a, a full tour going across the states. And um, what is what is Coachella profit? Like, what's their profit margin? What do they profit? Well, usually they bring in around a hundred million dollars every year, which really? is insane. Yeah. Insane and because so, I know Rage Against the Machine cost one million dollars at least to perform this year. So, so is that a hundred million that they get to keep, or is that a hundred million that they made altogether? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think this is a hundred million dollars they get to keep. That was their profit. Jeez. They profit a hundred million. So they probably made like two hundred million. Yeah, and then they have to pay all the bands. Yeah, and which venues? And I can't even. I don't even know. Like I know what it costs to, for the most part, I know what it costs for our lineup for the festival, which is a lot. Um, but this lineup, it's I like mean, on a whole every level. single every single person in like the top three line buildings, which is if you see a poster, um, top line billing is the headliner. They always have the biggest name with the biggest font. Yep. And so the next three lines down, each person they have performing can easily headline their own festival, no doubt. Um, so those top three lines of billing for each three day, each three days probably costs close to like 30 million dollars yeah so who do we have we have rage against the machine yep and then travis scott and then frank, frank ocean. ocean those are their top three headliners that's pretty and good. then below them they have calvin harris run the jewels rexhorn county megan the stallion on day one day two is 21 savage the baby summer walker flume and then on the day of frank ocean they have Lana del rey lil uzi vert um a lot of big names a lot huge of, sounds like names. sounds like a lot of money it, you're exactly right. It's a lot of money. Um, but it's unfortunate for all you Coachella fans out there. I've personally never been. It's been one that I want to go to just mm, because just I work in that industry. Did, yeah. yeah, just to say that I've been there. But mm. that's obviously not going to happen this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll see any live music this year. Ever. Well, I actually saw some at the beginning of the year. But <laughs> for the yeah, I won't see anything else um, in 2020, which sucks because I know a few weeks ago we said news um, in Europe – I forget where Auckland, New Zealand. They were gonna do live concert series. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what's happening there. Maybe well, they did said, it. Yeah, and Australia was gonna do the whole uh, like upcoming artist type thing, right? And only Australian bands. That's what we talked about a few yes. weeks back. Yeah, yeah. They were for their festival. They were just gonna do only Australia bands, so that no one right. would have to fly in. So I'm curious how it's all gonna get updated because they're they're talking about having a second surge of uh, virus outbreak and things like that. I imagine most of it is because of the protests, a lot of protests. So we're all going to get, you know, bigger surges in coronavirus due to the fact that everybody's getting together. And Which groups. makes sense. Yeah, it makes know? a lot. And a lot of people on social media have been saying, oh, don't blame the protesters for the spike in coronavirus. Yeah. You know, obviously blame, you know, our 
health officials and you know the president and stuff, which obviously very much contributed. But we uh, caught it really late. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a lot of people together. Yeah, like, which is the one thing you shouldn't be doing right now. But yeah. at the same time, the protests are for a good cause, and I fully support them. Yeah. But don't be surprised that yeah. that's one of the reasons that the outbreak is. Yeah, like I think San Francisco had a protest of 20,000, I think it said, or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe even larger than that. But imagine yeah. 20,000 people all in one street. Uh-huh. And, uh, all shoulder to shoulder screaming. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying they're the reason. I'm just saying if the shoe fits, you know what I'm saying? Fucking wear that. <laughs> wear it to <laughs> but, the um, Yeah, so that's that. What else you got? So, yeah, it's really unfortunate because, you know, Coachella brings in – Dude, did you know Coachella brings in 125,000 fans to this festival? That's crazy. Our festival, Cali Roots, brings in 15,000 at the most. I mean, given our venue is smaller and we're only allotted 15,000. Yeah. Actually, I think we're only allotted 13,000, but we like Jeez. to push the limits. Yeah, I love limits. But 125,000 people, that freaks me out. Yeah. From the point of working on a promoter side, like the security, that's just got to be like the biggest hassle in the world yeah. to deal with stuff like that. No, it's actually, I actually really enjoy all the videos of people posting them going to like the Coachella sites a week before the festival mm-hmm. and they bury alcohol or they bury oh, like, things yeah. in the ground. And then when they get there, they go and dig it up. Yeah. So then they don't have to sneak it past security. Yeah. That's smart. Honestly, that's like smart, but yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah. just dedicated. <laughs> I mean, I'll, to the, you know, those are usually people who live in that area. Cause I feel like Coachella Valley doesn't really have a huge, yeah. I wouldn't population. drive six hours to go do that. Hell no. I'm not that desperate. <laughs> I'll just buy alcohol when I'm in yeah. there. I ain't that broke. But, um, but at the same time, this is hard. Speaking of Coachella Valley, this is going to be a huge hit to their, you know, city and economy because I mean, Coachella Valley really profits off that weekend. You know, they bring in 125,000 people to that to the small town. Yeah, you know, and so that city. I don't know much about Coachella Valley, but I can't imagine it's that big of a city. Well, it's in Indio, right? And so they also have Stagecoach. Yeah, which, and uh-huh. a lot of other festivals. It's that, a tourist town that now aren't happening. So they're going to take a big hit this year. So that's pretty nuts. Yeah, it is nuts. Um, it's sad for them. Yeah. But going into more music industry news, last week we spoke about racism in the music industry, which is obvious and very prevalent. Um, however, we talked about what could be done. Well, now let's talk about what is being done. Okay. Um, I'd like to hear it. Yeah. BMG, which is a fairly new music record label. Um, I believe they started business in 2008. Um, they have gotten really big. They have bought out many different like indie labels record labels they bought out one um label out of tennessee for like a hundred million dollars um last year anyways they are at the forefront right now of changing um the ways they operate to decrease the level of um i guess racism okay in their company uh starting with so like i said they're a fairly new company and the contracts that they started um, in 2008 are pretty up to date, but from the record labels they bought, some of those contracts have been going on and have been, you know, those, some of those contracts started back in like the eighties or nineties. And so what BMG is doing is they're reviewing those contracts, um, from these labels that they bought and they are going to ensure that royalties are being distributed correctly and evenly and fairly, um, as well as amending those contracts, um, for those black artists to make sure it, shows fairness um, and transparency. Okay. And then something also they're going to be focusing on, and I mentioned last week, is diversifying their board, their executive board. Because like I mentioned last week, a lot of these black artists go into these record label meetings with the um, head of the label, and it's just all, for the most part, mainly older white gentlemen. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's crazy to me that it took so long. Like, why did it take this to to understand that they needed to diversify who's in charge of 
mm-hmm. these big companies, you know, and it's, it's good that they're taking a change and they're making a change, but, uh, it's yeah, just better it's, late than never, yeah. I guess. But at the same time, I mean, you could say that about anything going on in the country. I mean, yeah. systemic racism, people are finally starting to realize what's going on behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the police, everyone's trying to defund the police and stuff, yeah. which is a whole nother story that I won't get into. <laughs> I, I brought up to Connor cause he mentioned he wanted to talk about this topic prior to the podcast. And I was like, you know, I feel like we really covered the topics of, you know, racism in America right now and racism in the world. And, uh, with last week's episode and the week before that's episode. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. however, it's one of those things that just, it's, it's always going to be talked about until it's fixed. And, uh, so that's why this is pretty big because it's, you know, if anything, what we want you guys to take away is the fact that we've talked about it three weeks in a row because every week for the past three weeks, something big regarding racism in America has occurred. And it's all, been forward progression yeah which is nice to hear yeah that's good you know um so that's you know that's good yeah i know i when you said we like should we talk about this i was like well yeah because now it's like we're talking about the actions being taken last yeah. week it was identifying the problems now this week is taking action against those problems which mm-hmm. is good mm-hmm. yep. you know glad that we're moving in the uh right direction absolutely and so going with going off of that you know the change is being made um another i wouldn't really say it's a change but something progressive that is going on is that three major record record labels altogether have donated um almost 230 million dollars to uh, the black lives matter movement awesome yeah which is great um also going off of what i said about diversifying their boardroom at bmg they said that's going to happen in 30 days sweet yeah so it's a pretty quick turnaround yeah. it'd be pretty impressed if they could pull that off like I said, it's just so crazy to me how easy it is for them to do it, and they're not doing it until right now. But again, better yeah. late than never. Better late than never. So, you know, we'll check back in, what, four 30, episodes? 31 yeah. days. Four episodes from now. Hopefully we'll have some news on if that actually went 100% yeah. the way they wanted it to. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's great stuff. Um, but that's really all I had, you know? Awesome. It's big stuff. You know, Coachella canceled, Stagecoach canceled, and BMG's moving in the right direction. Awesome. What you got for me? Yeah, let's get to it. So... What we got for you guys today, it's actually pretty interesting stuff. Um, as always, you know, we want to shed some light on what's new and improved in the world and what's up and coming and uh, all that good jazz. Yeah, how are you going to top last week? We talked about a sponge that only absorb, oh. absorbs oil. Oh, let me tell you, brother. All right. We have some good stuff for you. So according to National Science Foundation, there is a, a group at University of Colorado, Denver. Um, the group is led by Chris Yakaki. Oh, that's yeah. a fun name. That is a fun name. <laughs> um, so the group's led by Chris Yukaki, and this group did some research on how to 3D print uh, vertebrae and cartilage-based uh, materials to be used as human alternatives to transplants and things like that. The one thing about cartilage and bone is that you can't really transplant it. Like you can't take it out of someone else and give it to someone else because it's really complicated. I can't just give you my femur. No, I mean, I guess you could, but I mean, like, I don't think it's, it's very successful in terms of, there's a lot of issues I would imagine. Um, but what's really cool is they came up with this 3d printed, uh, cartilage based system or uh, material where they were able to 3d print a vertebrae of humans. And Hmm. one of the complications with this in the past is that they either make it too brittle so if it has any type of force, you know, impacted to it, it basically breaks down. Um, Sounds like my hip at the age of 80. Yeah. Or they make it too strong where it doesn't absorb any energy pretty much. And uh, 
it just doesn't really work that well. So finally, they came up with this 3D printed uh, lattice structure, and the material that they use is a liquid crystal elastomer. So the idea of this and the reason it's so huge is because the material is just the right amount of um, density, I guess you'd say, so that it acts like cartilage where it can take impact and kind of absorb energy, but it's not brittle enough to break down. And it's actually a really big step into artificial bones and organs and things like that, because then they can use this material in the future. Um, so that's really cool. I love uh, the future. I love that. Yeah. Now I can so, break my back knowing I can get yeah something to replace my broken vertebrae. Exactly. So if you ever break a vertebrae, they can technically 3D print you a new one and implant it. It's kind of complicated, though, because when you're talking about vertebrae, one of the complications with vertebrae is you have the spinal cord going through the middle of them. And the spinal cord is very, 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 very important for many huh. things. I didn't know um, that. <laughs> <I'm just> okay. <laughs> um, it's really important because it has a lot of nerve endings and things like that connected to it. Has to It uh, relays reflexes. So, for example, um, your brain is connected to your spinal cord. And sure. let's say you want to move your leg. So your brain has to send the signal, goes down to your spinal cord, down to the nerves of your body, and then your leg moves, right? Mm. But reflexes... What they do is, let's say you trip, the time it takes to get all the way for that message to your brain and then back down to your leg to like make an adjustment when you trip is quite a long time when you're talking about body movements. Um, but the spinal cord can have nerve endings and nerve connections that go just to the spinal cord so that if you trip, your spinal cord has these reflexes that um, can kind of send messages where... The it message... Doesn't, it doesn't like need your brain to send It doesn't message. need your brain, yeah. So that's what reflexes... Like muscle memory. Kind of like muscle memory. Okay. Um, but basically, let's say if you step on like a nail, right? Mm -hmm. And Ow. you're about to step on a nail. It's about to go through your foot. Mm -hmm. It would take a lot longer for it to go all the way up to your brain and back down to your foot to tell your foot to move. Okay. Reflexes just go from your foot to your spinal cord back to your foot. So it basically cuts the time in half. Interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool. So the reason that this is complicated is because there's a lot of different nerve endings and things like that connected to the spinal cord. So mm -hmm. when you're talking about replacing vertebrae, you have to replace vertebrae in a sense that it can not mess up with the spinal cord as well as the spinal cord has to be sterile or else you can get things like meningitis. And meningitis is when you have inflammation through your spinal cord and through your brain and things like that. I once went to the ER because I actually ended up having strep throat, but uh -huh. the doctor thought I had bacterial meningitis yeah. and they said that could kill a kid in like 24 hours. Yeah, because once it gets into your spinal cord, your spinal cord doesn't work as well and you basically get an infection where there's not supposed to be anything at all because it's supposed to be sterile. Yeah. Um, they did a spinal tap on me. Yep. And, and uh, I've seen them and they look disgusting. like they hurt. I've yeah, never I've heard a lot. And um, the thing to go off of that, um, when I had the spinal tap done, um, I had to lay down for like a week because if you stand up, it leaks spinal fluid yep. out of the hole where they did the spinal uh, tap. Until it heals up. Yep. Yeah. And so this happened around Christmas time. So I had to open my Christmas gifts laying <laughs> on my back on the couch. I love it. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just laying on the couch, like looking, and my mom had to hand me the presents, and it was a yeah. whole thing. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's actually really interesting. Spinal cord's very serious stuff. It's very important in the body. Um, it's in charge of a lot of different connections and movements, things like that. Uh, and so when you're talking about replacing a vertebrae and the spinal cord goes through these vertebrae, it's tough. It's difficult. So the fact that they're being able to make progression through uh, being able to come up with advances that help situations like this, 
Um, I was trying to think about how you would even replace a vertebrae without messing with the spinal cord. And I imagine it's very, very difficult. Props to those doctors who can do it. Now Props. I can finally step on that crack and break my mama's back <laughs> and not worry about it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's it's complicated. But when I was doing this research, I kind of dove deeper into, um, you know, what other organs and things like that that they can kind of come up with artificially. Mm -hmm. And uh, somehow after an hour and a half, I made my way to artificial kidney transplants oh, yeah i could which, finally uh, drink yeah well <laughs> okay and uh, <laughs> and it's actually really really interesting because your kidneys are also important but what's cool about the kidneys is you can live with one that's good yeah it's cool so they can take one out and you can live with one and the science behind the kidney actually is it compensates for the lack of one kidney when you get it removed so that it expands to like 1.3 times the size of one kidney Dang. to kind of like overtake the amount of fluid and uh, filtration that it has to go through. Kidney gets swole. Yeah. So the kidney is very interesting in a sense. All organs are interesting because they all have their own play in the world. Did you learn this when you went into your research? I heard that you could replace a kidney with like a pig's kidney. Was that a thing? Or you I probably could because remember last week we talked about model organisms, which is the word that I forgot. Uh, model <laughs> organisms. So mammals are, are very similar in protein okay. structure and DNA structure so that you can be able to transplant them, um, you know, from without too much problems. There was a story going around actually a while back where they were trying to grow human ears on the backs of mice. South Park did an episode about that yeah. where they had a penis on the back of the mouse. <laughs> okay. It's so funny. <laughs> and oh, I don't know how that transplant would work, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so they were trying to grow human ears on the backs of mice and rats so that they could grow them. And then after they grew them, uh, transplant them to the human. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But uh, a little the, farm of ears yeah. running around. Imagine a rat with like five ears growing out the back of it. Imagine it escaping. Yeah. And then so you just see a rat, like an ear. Probably has supersonic hearing. No doubt. Ooh. It can hear with, it can hear with its spine. <laughs> um, so to go off of that, uh, I got some facts for you guys regarding all these different things. So there's four categories of artificial organs and artificial human structures. And uh, so to go through them, the first uh, category is bones and joints, such as hips, knees, fingers, toes, limbs, things like that, that are kind of like reconstructive type surgeries or physical properties right okay and then uh you have skin and soft tissue so um skin breasts uh breast transplants muscle transplants things like that and then you have heart kidney blood vessel liver and pancreas and then you have sensory organs like eyes and ears and things like that hmm. um the one that kind of struck me the heart makes sense that i believe they actually did come up with a artificial model of the heart and the heart is complicated, but it's kind of easy because it's really just like a vacuum-based system. Because your heart, the main purpose of your heart is to pump pulsate blood. and pump blood, right? So if you can pump blood with a vacuum, you can pump blood with an artificial heart vacuum type thing, right? I can put a water pump where my heart is? Something like that, yeah. So that's kind of what they did. I believe it was like a silicone heart or something like that. That was really huh. cool. Um, and so they were able to do that. But kidneys and livers are the two, as well as pancreas, are the two that kind of made me question, you know, the possibilities because all those require like a filtration type system. So there mm -hmm. has to be a type of uh, mechanism to filter, filter out, out toxins and things like that. So your liver does that, your kidneys do that, and your mm -hmm. pancreas doesn't really do that. It's more of like a enzyme releasing type of organ, but nonetheless, mm -hmm. that's still really important stuff. So I'm trying to think of how they can make artificial pancreas. Uh, but to get into the kidneys, uh, there was actually a 
study done at UCSF that uh, they made a artificial kidney that you could transplant inside of a patient, which is cool mm-hmm. because right now a lot of patients are on dialysis. Are you familiar with dialysis? I am familiar with it. I don't know exactly. I mean, doesn't they hook them up to a machine which filters their blood for them? Correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the I'm kidneys, yeah. So the kidneys, they have a section in the beginning of the kidney where your blood vessel connects to it. It's called the glomerulus. And then you have word. the, the <laughs> Bowman capsule goes around the glomerulus and then you start getting into the nephron and it starts to uh, pump different toxins throughout the nephron. And the idea of the kidney is that you can cycle out uh, sodium, chlorine, um, uh, potassium and water and all these other types of filtrates that go through it. Um, and the idea is to keep the internal, um, how do you want to say, like balance i guess of toxins inside the body equal to what they're supposed to be Mm -hmm. people with bad kidneys can't filter out these different toxins and then they start to collect them inside so you get all these solutes and salts Mm. inside the body and which you're not supposed to have which you're not well you you are supposed to to an extent it's supposed to balance but you don't want too much because the reason if you get too much solutes inside your body you start to get um like water uh reabsorption more so than you're supposed to and so you basically get like inflammation um, mm. at your extremities and like puffy eyes and things like that because you have too much fluid <laughs> overload. And um, so kidneys are really important in that sense. But the idea of dialysis is that you pump the blood through a machine. It filters out all these different toxins and uh, solutes and salts inside the body and then filters the blood back into the body so that it's clean. I was trying to remember how often uh, dialysis patients have to go through this. And I saw a stat that said they have to do it three times a week for four yeah. hours each time. Yep. Like that's nuts. So usually they have it on like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule or a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, something like that, yeah. where it's like every two days they have to go to a dialysis center and get their blood dial dialyzed uh-huh. and uh, filtered out, which is crazy. So the fact that UCSF um, is working on an implantable kidney that you can just put inside of the body, it's basically like a microscope, not microscopic, but like a smaller version of a dialysis machine implanted inside of you so it's like a kidney transplant but they're not giving you a person's kidney they're giving you a artificial kidney yeah like a machine that filters out that's really cool because um my office for uh my music job is right next door like in the same building is um a doctor that focuses on infectious disease but they also do dialysis and so i've met a few of the patients in there because you know i'll go out and use the restroom once and i see them just coming in and then towards the end of my day they're still in there on the dialysis machine. Yeah. That shit. Yeah. It, that, that goes it's a crazy. long time. That That's, that's yeah. rough. And hopefully, you know, for those people on dialysis, this hopefully comes to light fairly quickly. And, yeah. you know, have they done trials and human trials? on I'm it? not you know? sure about the trials, but things like this do take a long time. It's not mm-hmm. like they can like create it in January and all of a sudden have it ready for people by the end of the year. Um, I don't, I'm not entirely sure how the artificial organ system works, but I know for new types of drugs and, um, therapeutic type of medications it takes it could take up to 10 years oh god that's get, not like, good news for the coronavirus <laughs> yeah. well the coronavirus is different because vaccines are a little bit faster and because they declared it a state of emergency and a pandemic and everything they were kind of able to jump some hoops and get things going a lot quicker get through some red tape and everything yeah, yeah. okay and um so they were able to get that process going a lot quicker than it would otherwise um but i saw this statistic I love that. Yeah, I love statistics um, because they're important. That was actually the one math I was good at. (laughs) So with this uh, transplantable 
kidney that UCSF was doing research on, they said 93% of them worked after one year and 83% still worked after three years, which is awesome. That's really good. Yeah, those are really high rates. That's like my high school grades. Yeah. (laughs) You were that (laughs) smart. On a good day. You were that smart. (laughs) I cheated a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's really cool that they were able to make it sustainable and um, efficient enough to last for a long enough time to where it's effective for patients going through this process. Um, And they say about 25,000 kidney transplants happen every year. And even after that, there are 90,000 and up on a waiting list on the waiting list every year, 90,000 and up. And um, so these discoveries and advancements in transplantable kidneys and artificial organs will be able to cut these waiting lists down because they won't have to um, wait for a donor. And another statistic that it noted was that it takes about five to 10 years for a patient to get a kidney transplant once on the waiting list. Damn, so that's like five, ten years of dialysis that they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Either dialysis or their kidneys, you know, improve a little bit and they don't need dialysis. But nonetheless, they have that kidney that's not really working. Yeah, they have that weak one. And you can get it removed. But then what happens if you get it removed and your other one goes out? Then you're kind of like... Then you're like, ooh. SOL, you know? (laughs) SOL. Shit out of luck. Shit out of luck. Yeah. Never heard that before? I haven't heard of SOS. (laughs) Um, so that's, those are some big numbers. And, uh, so this stuff will really be able to make all those processes a lot more efficient and sustainable and, uh, improve lives of everybody, which is cool. Um, and so how they do this is they either give you an AV graft, which stands for arteriovenous graft, and they take a tube. I don't know. I'd imagine it's like a foot long, six inches to a foot long. And they basically connect a vein and an artery so that when you go into dialysis, they just puncture one site every single time. They don't have to like find a vein every, every time. time. Mm. They already have the fistula or the graft and it's noticeable. It's actually like bulges out of the skin to the point where you can see it and you don't have to guess. And um, so that's cool. The other one is the AV fistula, which is where they take a vein and an artery and basically connect them together. Not where the blood supply is going through both, but where they're just right next to each other. And, um, they take needles and insert one into the vein and one into the artery. So they pump blood out of the artery and then pump blood back in through the vein. And so, yeah, so all these advancements are really going to be able to help a lot of people and hopefully shorten the waiting list. Which See, cool. 2020 isn't as bad as it seems. Yeah. There's some good stuff in we, there. We have advancements. And, and we're you, finding them for you. Yeah, exactly. We're finding them so you guys can stay up to date and have a little bit more knowledge on the topics. Um, I feel comfortable enough where I can go operate and give someone a kidney transplant now after listening to this. Tyler, you're my first maybe, patient. Maybe after one season of Grey's Anatomy, I trust you. I've been in Grey's Anatomy. Once. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's cool. So those things are coming up. So again, to recap, you know, um, group at University of Colorado Denver came up with this artificial vertebrae that is able to act as cartilage and be able to take impact without breaking and it absorbs energy and that's really awesome. So and step on those cracks and break your mom's backs and you won't have to worry anymore. We're not promoting that. We're just saying if it if accidents happen. I'm promoting it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so that's cool. And then uh, not really more science news, but um, as I was looking through different types of topics, I noticed that there was a lot of talk about Tesla right now. And I kind of wanted to get into like beginner stocks. Oh, that's right. You want to talk about stocks today. I forgot about that. Talk to people kind of about stocks and kind of give them background in case you're unfamiliar. Oh, before we get into the stocks, the Tesla factory that opened up in Fremont um, against, you know, the city's Uh code, they had an outbreak of coronavirus at the Uh, factory. Really? Swear. That's okay. That's a little karma. Yeah, that's... uh, going against the city's... uh, That's something. Standards. I didn't know that. That's actually really unfortunate and... It's unfortunate for those people. Crazy. Elon, take fucking... Take notes. Yeah. Take note. (laughs) Jeez. 
Um, so stocks. Stocks. Make me some money. Yeah. So I wanted to get into like a little bit of beginner 101 because stock market right now, as a lot of people know, with everything going on, the stock market's down today and yesterday. It yep. was up. Well, it closed yesterday because it's Friday. So stocks close every Friday, open up every Monday, unless mm-hmm. Monday's a holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my boss has actually started day trading. Now yeah. that work has slowed down for us, he yeah. started day trading. He's starting to, he said he's making good money on it. Yeah, you got to invest, people. Got to invest. Now's the time to do it. And this is more for the younger crowd that isn't familiar with stocks and wants to get invested. I'm sure uh, some of the older crowd is a little bit more familiar with these topics. But um, log off, geezers. <laughs> you're like, you're on it right now. I'm feeling good. It's the, he- the uh, lemon henny or whatever. Lemon hennity. Lemon hennity. <laughs> um, so to get into it, let's go through a couple of the, the vocabulary for people, right? So you have your individual stocks where it's like actual shares of a company. Mm-hmm. You have mutual funds, which are um, basically funds of stocks that are multiple stocks and bonds and uh, companies into one. So, for example, the S&P 500 mm-hmm. is not just one individual stock of a company. It's stock into multiple companies. Mm-hmm. And you like own a little bit of each. Um Okay. And, and then the third one is bonds and bonds. I actually, when I was doing this research, learned a lot more this morning when I was looking at it, uh, bonds. So companies need startup money or they need money to get things going. And so instead of going to a bank for a $6 million loan, they can release bonds. So let's say they have a bond worth a thousand dollars and they need $6 million. Mm-hmm. They will release 6,000 of those thousand dollar bonds and you can buy one. And the, the upside of this is that they pay you interest yep. rather than the bank, and that's how you make your money. The reason a lot of people don't like this, though, is because it takes a long time. It does. Yeah, it has a very slow turnaround. Yeah, it has a slow turnaround, but it's a lot more successful turnaround than individual stocks because the stock market itself is very volatile and goes up and down. All yeah, the time. bonds are basically, in a sense, guaranteed your yeah, money back. Exactly. But you have the, it's the risk of not getting that money as soon as you'd want it. Yeah, and so that's the only downside of that, but those are three important uh, aspects of stocks. Mm-hmm. Um and to give you guys a little bit more insight, you know, so they have indexes to kind of tell you whether or not the stock market is up or down. And what they use is the Downs, Dow Jones Industrial Average, mm-hmm. and they use the S&P 500. And those are two of the largest uh, components of the stock market to where if they go up and down, you can kind of use them as an index to tell you whether or not the rest of the stock market is going up and down. Exactly. Um I personally invest in stocks. I was going to ask, do you have money in the stock market? Yeah, I love stocks. I think the stock market is really cool. And um, there's actually this book by Warren Buffett, who is big time billionaire. He sure is. He is the man. And he he created this book quite a few many years back, I want to say like the 90s or early 2000s, called The um, Intelligent Investor. Do you consider yourself an intelligent investor? I haven't finished the book yet. So. I have it on Audible, actually. I don't like to read much, but when I do... Um, I'm surprised you I am, can read. No. <laughs> okay. I do have one book that I've been trying to trying to get behind, and it's called The uh, the Questions to the Big... Or The Answers to the Big Questions by Stephen Hawking's, I believe, is what the book's called. Mm. And it's basically Stephen Hawking's book talking about everything of his life's work. But regardless, mm. um, one of the components that he talks about in the, in the book, Intelligent Investor, is that you need to be an emotional investor. Okay. And what that means is that you have to be mentally stable to really understand that the stock market moves in one way or the other and that you kind of have to like do the opposite is what I got from it. So for example, if the stock market is going up, that is not the time to invest. Because one, everything's going to be more expensive. It's going to be more expensive. And then when the stock market goes down, you're going to lose. Yep. So you have to be emotionally, you know, 
stable enough to understand that just because it's going up and you're getting excited about it doesn't mean that you want to invest at that time. You want to wait until the stocks are going down because the stocks are going to be cheaper. And then when you invest, you'll be able to make your money back, make your money back. Yeah, exactly. So maybe invest during, I don't know, say a global pandemic. Yeah. And so last week and the week before the stock market was actually pretty low, but um, it's starting to rise back up again. And my understanding of that is because they're discussing a second stimulus check. Trump bucks. Yeah. So they love my Trump bucks. They're, they're discussing giving everybody a second stimulus check. And if they do that, they're hoping that people invested into stocks and companies so that the stock market goes back up and all the good jazz. So to go off of that, um, I actually had a conversation um, with an old roommate of mine. And, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's playing devil's advocate, but going off of the stimulus check, if you're anything like me personally, I didn't spend it. I put that 1200 immediately into my savings and that does not stimulate the economy, obviously. So Mark Cuban, you mm-hmm. know, Mark Cuban, another very famous billionaire. Um, he proposed an idea, which I doubt will even get any um, traction or attention, but instead of giving everybody $1,200, like just a check that you could do whatever, whatever you want with it. He proposed that you put the $1,200 on a debit card and send that debit card to every American, and they have to use that debit card by the end of, let's say, the, like a, the month mm. or in, in six months. You have to spend that $1,200. And if you don't spend that $1,200, the government takes back what you didn't spend. So that's basically forcing people to spend the $1,200 yeah. on the economy. Now, I thought that was a really good idea, especially if you want to talk about stimulating the economy. That That's right. And I think the issue with that would be you would get these people that would spend it on clothes or mm-hmm. shoes, mm-hmm. which probably simulates the economy in the sense of people buying things, but they're not necessities. And I actually went on to my Instagram story a, a few weeks back and kind of like gave a rundown of what I thought about the stimulus check. And I I personally use it to pay off student loans and uh, car debts and mm-hmm. things like that. And so mm-hmm. it did help me out a lot. Um, and yeah. I was able to use it to pay back things that I owed. Um, but same thing, I know people who saved it and for later dates, which is great. Um, but, you know, it gets tough when you have these people who are who use it irresponsibly and buy things like $800 PlayStations, which in some eyes is, is a necessity, which I will be buying an $800 PlayStation <laughs> when it's available. I can assure you that. Uh, so, yeah. So it's uh, anyway, back to the stock market. Uh, the stock market's going up. And so it's a good time to invest. And so um, I check my stocks regularly. I look at them and, you know, figure out what's happening next and see what companies I can invest in. And mm-hmm. I recently just got in touch with uh, my financial advisor and discuss the possibility of uh, investing into larger organizations and mutual funds and things mm-hmm. like that to get stuff going. So I'm excited about that. What kind of app do you use for your stocks? Do you use yeah. like Acorn? Well, so they have Acorn, Robinhood. And what's cool about those is it's a zero commission um, site where they don't charge you to buy stocks. Whereas if you go through a brokerage, they charge you they charge X you, amount percent of yeah. everything you make. So let's say you invest $1,000. They charge you like I don't know, 5% of that $1,000 to pay them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they invest your money for you. And so yeah, you makes lose sense. a little money that way, which is good. And I understand Because you have that, professionals doing it for yeah. you. And they kind of pick and choose and go through like what you want and uh, kind of recommend certain stocks to you. But so that's cool. The reason I wanted to bring up the stock market though was because Tesla was such a big topic. Yeah. The last and final vocabulary I'm going to bring up for everybody is called the market cap mm-hmm. for a company. To give an idea of the market cap, um, the market cap takes – it's a way of identifying what companies are really up and coming and what companies are the bigger companies. 
for example, you have companies that are $100 billion, and then you have companies that are $10 million. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are $100 billion are going to be more successful. And to give an idea that, you know, you have uh, 20 million shares at $50 a share, that means that market cap for that company is $1 billion, which is a pretty big company. Mm -hmm. To give an idea, Tesla is $137 billion market cap. $137 billion. Big Bs, yep. Big Bs. (laughs) Big Bs. Um, So... You know, we can go ahead and dive deeper into that next week. And uh, honestly, talk- I'm game for that. I'm a business marketing yeah. major, and I don't have any money in the stock market yet. I learned yeah, a lot about it in talk college. About it. I would love for you guys to listen to this episode and give us some feedback about more stuff you want to hear regarding business and things like that. Because I feel like even though we talk music and science, I mm-hmm. feel like business is an important part of the world and it should is. be discussed. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially if people want more questions on it, I have no problem doing the research and answering what I can. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. That'd be fun if people ask questions. I think that's uh, yeah. I think that's where we should wrap up the episode, and we're doing good. And uh, I hope everybody enjoys it and mm. uh, give us some feedback. Stay tuned on to how do you like your copy Instagram page for more um, album review picks and choices, so that we can go ahead and uh, pick and, which one you guys want to hear. And try out the lemon henna tea. Lemon henna tea, Hennessy, easy to make. Hen Hennessy lemon tea uh, and honey, but we added some agave syrup. But, uh, I say just go agave syrup instead of honey. Yeah, agave syrup's good. If you haven't tried it, check it out. Um, all right, people, stay tuned for episode nine. Coming to you next week. Let's go.